On this week's episode, we're talking about the Super Bowl champs, our Olympic wrap-up, a potential new golf league, and some trades in the NHL. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Episode 7, Season 2 of Points of Penalties. For our listeners, we'd like you to please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. For our viewers in YouTube, please be sure to subscribe by clicking this little button down here in the bottom right corner of the video. And no matter how you check us out, please give us a follow, a like on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Points Penalties. Once again, my name is Josh. With me are my co-hosts, Kevin, Jesse, and Peter. Kev, we always start with you. We're not going to change it today. What do you got going on in your drink? Oh, uh, boys, this one's going to be a fun one. I have myself a Nickelbrook Brewing uh, Kentucky Bastard. It's an Imperial Stout. It is 11.9%. Holy. It, it's like, yeah. So That's this is. Spicy meatball for 1030 in the morning, bro. <laughs> this is going to be the first. Yeah, don't get booked. All right. Opened. Let's go. This is going to be funny. <laughs> yeah, not quite the reaction I thought we were going to get, but. Well, he's keeping composure. It's thick. I can tell it's you that. Thick, yeah. <laughs> Hits you in the little warm spot right now. So, yeah, no, it's doable. I mean, I might get through it. Might not. We'll give her a go. Oh, you're getting through it. Yeah, maybe. Can't be wasting that. It's going to be a four-hour fucking podcast until you get through it, man. We gotta... right. <laughs> We're just going to keep recycling penalty boxes Great. until you finish. Great. Pedro, what's your poison today? Thanks, Kev. My poison today is a squeeze box New England IPA from Kitty Bitty Brewing. It's a strong beer, although about half as potent as what you're drinking at 6%. Um, yeah, it's from Kitty Bitty Brewing, made here in St. John's, Newfoundland, squeeze box, like an accordion, get it? <laughs> Peter's a new rep there for Kitty Bitty. <laughs> Hoping for that sponsorship still. I'll send the beers this no, way, man. No, no, nothing's no. coming. Though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good. It's good. Not bad at all. It uh, actually isn't even all that hoppy. For a strong New England IPA. Let's go to Jesse. What are you drinking? Well, I'm drinking Bellwoods Brewery Jutsu Pale Ale. What, what? Pale Ale? Jutsu. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Jutsu maybe, <laughs> but it's a no, 5.6. Jutsu? Yeah, that's what I prefer too. It's a 5.6%, so nothing strong. Morning beer. Uh, I'm pretty pumped for this. So here we go. Very, very good. Yosh, what are you having? Well, I got somebody's repeat from last year. I know, I'm sorry, boys. I couldn't get it with a fresh one. It's just what I had in the fucking fridge, okay? <laughs> anyway, this is a Henderson Brewing uh, and Rush collaboration. So it is a Rush Canadian Gold Ale. It says this beer is for geniuses, which makes sense that I'm drinking it. Uh, and I'm sure it's uh, pretty tasty. It's only 5.5, so I am the bitch of the week, but no big deal, whatever. It is the morning. 
let's crack this bad boy open. I have a feeling we don't really like this because it's just a regular old gold and ale. It's nothing, no IPA, no nothing, no shitty stout or whatever. So here we go. <laughs> don't be hating the stouts. All right, fair. Oh, yeah. Just a regular old beer. Gotta love it first thing in the morning. Well, guys, we had a pretty big week. <clears throat> Very Bowl, good week. Super Bowl finished up. Our playoff, or uh, sorry, playoffs did. Uh, we got our Olympics have wrapped up uh, this week. I believe the uh, closing ceremonies is later this evening, which nobody watches that shit anyway. It's boring. <laughs> just watch people walk around. Yay. Hi. I'm sure it's cool to be there if you're an athlete, but not so much if you're a TV watcher. But anyway, let's start with the Olympics, guys. Um, so in my opinion, the Beijing Olympics here in 2022 have been less than spectacular for sure. Uh, just didn't have the same oomph as it has in previous years. It could be because uh, this, this Olympic uh, run has been marred with uh, political and human rights issues uh, that even well before the, the Olympics has started. There has been judging controversy, doping controversy, clothing controversies, uh, and disqualifications, and you know, among other things. And all this kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth, just in the sense that I just, I just didn't care that much this year. Uh, usually, I'm right on it, both summer and and winter. I'm usually, you know, every night I'm usually watching something. Uh, this this time around, meh. If it was a, you know, if it was a cool event, I'd watch it. But I was just watching everything just because. Um, and I, I, maybe it was just the timing too, like the, you know, the time change, it's everything is overnight. So you're not watching live stuff um, too much of it anyway. And maybe that's what it was. But um, one of the big things that leaves a bad taste in my mouth, as I mentioned, was a uh, Russian or ROC figure skater that was allowed to compete after uh, testing positive for an illegal substance. So in December of 2021, a uh, young prodigy skater, Camilla Valieva, she tested positive for a banned heart medication. Uh, typically, this medication that she took, which is called trimetadesign or something like that, we'll call it TMZ for short. Uh, so typically, this medication is for angina, which is chest pain from reduced blood flow to the heart. But in athletes, uh, it could help them uh, potentially perform at a higher rate heart rate for a longer period of time. So obviously you can see why this would be an illegal substance. Uh, now this drug TMZ was listed as a metabolic modulator. It's prohibited at all times in and out of competition. And she took this, this drug. Now she's 15 years old. Uh, she said that her grandfather takes TMZ and she must have inadvertently ingested it. If that's not a fucking cop out, I don't know what is. Like, you inadvertently took the wrong drug. Come on, that's ridiculous. Like, have you guys ever taken the wrong drug? Like, and I'm not talking about illegal. I mean, maybe yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> different substances. I just mean like, like, okay, did you maybe go to take an Advil and you took a fucking birth control pill? No, that never happened. Right, not likely anyway. Jesse, maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> why would I be the one? I don't know. No, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I just, I, I just have never accidentally taken the wrong 
the wrong pill, you know, oh, I wanted to take that Advil and I took a Robax. No, you know, yesterday, actually, I was grabbing some Advil for my fiance and I actually did grab the Robax, but I was like, oh, shit. So it would be that, you that would grab the No, but I'm like, oh, shit, that's Robax. <laughs> that it's it's not fucking Just trying to throw it off on me. It's no evidence. It's just as bad as the scare. <laughs> hey, I didn't give her the Robax when she wanted an Advil. So, you know, it just, to me, it's just goofy that she inadvertently ingested it. So anyway, so Valieva and the uh, ROC team, they were first in the team figure skating event. Uh, the, mer- the medal ceremony has not been completed yet because of this ongoing investigation through the doping scandal here. Um, Valieva was allowed to compete in an individual competition afterwards, which makes no sense. If you are, if there's an investigation for a doping scandal, why are you allowed to compete again? Now she didn't fare well, probably because of all the uh, BS that she's dealing with here uh, with her uh I'll call it steroids, but I don't think it was a steroid. It was just more performance enhancing. So, um, so basically my question to you guys is because this was known in late December, there was a month and a half or a month and a bit before the Olympics. Do you think that the Russian skater should have been able to step foot on Olympic ice now? Just to give you a little bit of reference here and go back to the Tokyo Olympics. If you remember uh, the sprinter Shikari Richardson for the US, her mother had passed away. She decided that she needed to smoke some weed to calm the fuck down and to relax herself. And she was banned from the summer games. And uh, last time I checked, weed is in performance enhancing. It pretty much put you to sleep, you know, (laughs) I think as opposed to get you going. So, so, so do you think, based on this, do you think that she should have been allowed on ice, period? So I'm going to start by tossing out a challenge because uh, I don't think that they knew that she had tested positive in December until after she had already competed or at least started skating in Beijing, which is part of the reason why, uh, as far as I understand, they allowed her to continue because the results from the tournament in December were only um, revealed, I guess, tested, whatever, whatever the word is, um, after Beijing had already started, after she had already been skating. Uh, And because she was a minor, um, the rules are different, and she was likely not to get suspended anyway, even if she was uh, deemed guilty of doping. Because I don't think she was deemed guilty immediately. There's an investigation that has to happen, I guess. I don't know the rules very well. But uh, but so that's, from what I understand, that's why she was allowed to continue to skate. And I don't think they've determined yet if she, uh, or if the team, because she won a group competition. Like they won gold in uh, team figure skating, I guess. Well, they haven't uh, won gold yet because they haven't. Right, exactly, there. exactly. So they haven't decided yet because I guess the investigation is not complete if they're going to keep the gold or not. Um, so that, as far as I understand, is why she was allowed to keep competing and that banning her sort of halfway through the Olympics as a 15-year-old or whatever she is would have been detrimental to the athlete and it may not even be her fault that this happened. It might be. It might not be. We don't know. Like you say, it's hard to take accidental drugs, but I suppose it could happen. 
mean, like, she's in charge of her own body, right? She's got to watch what she puts in, and this is an illegal substance. Yes, but I think because she's a minor, the rules are more lenient. Now you said challenge on this, right, Pedro? Yeah. All right. I, I'm trying to figure it out here, the, the timeline. Yeah, because the, 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 yeah, what Josh said was that we knew in December that she had been doping and she was still allowed to compete, which I don't think is the case. I don't think we found out that she was doping in until December after, until, until after her the team skate. Yeah, so it says on February 7th, she and the Russian figure skaters placed first in the team event. On February 8th, it was revealed that Valieva had tested positive for TMZ at the Russian figure skating championships in St. Petersburg, Russia, which was on December 25th. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was something like the results went to a lab and the lab like just put it in the queue and they didn't mm -hmm. treat it with any urgency. So it took like six weeks or something to get any results out of the lab. Okay, so that's fair. She's allowed to step on the ice to begin with. But the second day uh, after after they win their, that competition, they still said, you know, it might have been a day or two, but they said, ah, you're okay to compete later on. So in the in the free skate which she didn't do very well in but that's nuts regardless of how how well she did um yeah. she in my opinion if they have figured this out and they're like there's an investigation ongoing to see if they're going to get these gold medals for the team event why were they even allowing her to skate in the in the free skate the the individual free skate you know i realize that it could be detrimental to her her uh, athletic prowess in the future and it already has because she said after after her fourth place finish in the uh, individual she said she'll never step foot on the ice again um because of all this crap um which this is she did it to herself like you said jess she's in it, she might be 15 but she's still in charge of her own body and and i don't think that there should be a rule difference uh in doping based on how old you are like we, we know that gymnasts and figure skaters are always super young, at least when they start, they come out and, you know, once you're a champion a few times, then obviously you get older, but you don't see a 40 year old fucking figure skater or gymnast. Typically they're always young and yes, they're more impressionable for sure. Uh, when they're younger, but they're also more trusting and there's, right. there's a lot behind all that with her being young. And I get because she's a minor, she's not, they don't think she's totally in charge of putting in, but she's an athlete. She needs to know what she's putting in her body. Like maybe because it was back in December that this is when they tested it. Like who knows? Like I'm sure that she's been tested a few times since then. I, I don't know if you guys heard if they were negative or not. Um, since the, the goal, the team figure skate and the single. So to me, it, it seems like the regular thing that, russia or roc has been doing is they they dope up right before the um the olympics and stuff like that and then they just shut it off or they have fake walls and and try and switch p out or whatever kind of thing like that because uh there is a, a documentary about that and that happened in sochi right so it's to me like i'm with you on watching the olympics like i I don't think much of it anymore just because of all the scandal that has happened and how corrupt the Olympics are now. So I just, I just, I, you lose, you lose uh, your attention for it because there's so many scandals 
they can't they can't seem to figure out which way they want to go either everyone does drugs and we just see who the best best athletes are or or start stop being so corrupt right? or just get rid of them i mean they're roc for a reason so well, they're, i'm sure they're not the only ones that are doing weird stuff like this but they are the predominant ones for sure i don't think they should have been there at all yeah that's a fair argument so do you think then that she that she should have been able to skate the second time around in the free skate the individual free skate after after we know that she was doping at least in December, like, is that far enough between? And if there was, I guess, if they did a negative test, would you be okay with her skating in that? If, if it was a negative test, if they didn't come up with a test or maybe they don't do testing until after your, um, after your event, like, I just don't know. To me, she shouldn't have been allowed back on the ice, you know, like I said, Pete, so you won your challenge there for sure. But, you know, prior yeah. to prior to me knowing that, if I was an Olympic, rare feat, yeah. you're challenging. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so if I was an Olympic uh, committee member, and I mean, had you known that she was doping prior, she, in my eyes, she would have or should not have been allowed to step on the ice. But obviously, we didn't know that, so she was for the first thing for the first team thing. Fine. Um, for me, she shouldn't have been allowed on for the individual. Um, yeah, she should have been balanced. They sorry about your luck, kid, but. You got to fucking not cheat. Yeah. So I, I'm, I hear you. And I think if she was an adult, that would have been the decision. Uh, but I think because the rules are slightly different for a minor, and I don't think they fully had time to complete a proper investigation yet because uh, they just fucking learned it like after the event. And I don't know when her singles event was, but it was, there hasn't been a lot of time since. So I think they just didn't have enough time to properly investigate everything. So instead of saying, no, you're banned, you can't skate, they let her skate. If she, like if she had won gold in the singles, it probably would have been sort of on hold the same as yeah, the other one. They did say that, that if, if she finished in the top three in the singles individual figure skating thing, then that the, the medal ceremony would not take place until investigations yeah. could be completed. So um, that kind of leads into my next question do you think that roc should win the gold for that team competition i mean probably not but it's i mean it's, I mean, I it's, it's kind, of, kind of gonna depend on the investigation right exactly and i think that's that's the whole point here is that they they haven't had the time to to understand what happened and what's in this girl's body and why it got there um so I, I I agree with what they did with letting letting her skate and really? figuring it out. And if if she's uh, guilty, if she knowingly doped, then yeah, strip the medals for sure and punish her as applicable. But, but who knows? Maybe she is innocent in this, and a doctor told her she had to take this for whatever reason, or she took her grandpa's medicine by accident, or whatever the fuck happened. We don't know yet. So I'm okay with I, what they did. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I But I already just said my piece about the Olympics and the committee and what I think of them, but I don't think you you're, you should have allowed it even if she is a minor. I know it's not breaking any rules at that point, like you said, Peter. But Not, not that well, it's not it's, breaking rules, but it's the punishment is different when you're a yeah. minor. Yeah, and the protocol is different when you're a minor, for sure. But 
I don't know if it should be though when it comes to Dolby. I, I think you're an Olympian. You're, yeah. you're part of everybody else. That, that and I get like you're younger, impressionable, but anyway, we've harped on that for a while. But I just, I just think like you got to give respect to the same thing, especially with that uh, U.S. runner because she got high. And she was banned from the race. race. Well, I, I think we can all agree that that was dumb. It, yes. But at, at the same time, like, you know, with marijuana, it's been, you know, it, it's everywhere is leading towards decriminalization, if not legalization. Uh, you know, the NBA has stopped testing for, for marijuana. Like, they don't give a fuck anymore. You smoke dope, you smoke dope. They're, they're cool with it. Like, they, you're not going to get suspended. And I think the NFL is going that way, too, if they aren't already. They're, they're, they're still – I think there's still something about a test or something like that. But, like, they give you, like, enough notice, I guess. <laughs> 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 We're going to test you for a week, bud, in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a month and a half, you're getting tested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah fuck, so fuck. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it, they're going about the same way. And who knows, maybe they might change it this offseason. Anyway, um, so on a good sportsmanship note, uh, I'd like to give some credit to Dutch speed skater Kai Burbage, who pulled up in his race versus Canadian uh, LeBron Dubril in the uh, men's 1,000-meter, I believe it was long track. De Bruyne? Sorry. De Bruyne, De Bruyne, whatever. De Bruyne! LD, we'll call him Laurent. Just call him Laurent. All right, so competitors in this race are required to change lanes after each lap. That obviously gives them uh, equal opportunity on the inside and the outside of the track. And the skater who's coming from the outside to inside always has the right of way. So Verbage followed the rules, letting uh, Dubrow race ahead of him, even though it cost him this chance at a podium spot. And he said that he didn't have enough speed to go before him, so to to he would have cut him off basically is what he's saying. If he, if he uh, tried to swap. So he basically said, I had to, he had to, he had to slow up so that Dubril could, could pass uh, him or, or could get into the outside lane before the Dutch skater could get into the inside lane. Uh, basically said he, he would have been DQ'd had he hit him or had he not let him by first. So he's like, well, instead of getting DQ'd, I'd rather just pull up and let him uh, race his race he, you know, he, the Canadian was on a fast time. Um, so Verbage said, you know, it's pretty sad. He's pretty disappointed that it happened in the Olympics, but he's like, yeah, I guess somebody had to lose. Uh, and then Dubril after the race said that it's, it's tough to do that in an Olympic race. He said he can't thank him enough for kind of pulling up. Not that he gave him the win, but for, you know, not crashing into him type thing to try and get that, uh, that metal spot or what have you. He said it was really classy and professional, uh, and I 100% agree. Uh, I thought this was a really good story, um, both for the Canadian and the Dutch skaters. So I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, like I said, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to see sportsmanship like that in uh, in sport and in the Olympics. And yeah, like you said, it's an extremely tough thing to do to when you're trying to give it your all in the Olympics and you see that you got to pull up here. Yeah, there's just how, no chance that. Yeah, how many how many skaters would say no, no, no? I'm giving it my all and I'm powering yeah. through. Yeah, and you would you rather get DQ'd right. as opposed to pull up yourself, right? I mean, yeah. no matter yeah. what, you're not you're not. I mean, at least he finished, right? Yeah. Because the guy finished, and I think he, he probably finished fourth or whatever. But um, at least he 
Yeah. To yeah. me, a, a finish, even though if you pull up, is better than a DQ, especially in the Olympics. It's yeah, and with especially when you don't take out another competitor. Right. Right, because that would have ruined his chances at, at a medal, right? Yeah. Yep. So. I did one, uh, one sport, one event that we always get a medal in every single time is the Canadian women hockey. Yeah. Kev, you touched on this a bit last week. Uh, we were, were they just heading into the finals, I guess, or was it the semis when we were talking about them last? I can't remember. It was, it was remember. a week ago, so it's probably, probably semis. But anyway, MPP, our girl Marie Philippe Poulin, she scores again in a gold medal game, obviously to uh, lead this year's Canadian team over the Americans. Four in a row, by the way. Four yeah. gold medal games in a row. She scored a every, gold every gold medal game she's been a part of. She scored Olympic gold medal. Yeah, yeah, clutch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously we love this win. That's why I'm wearing the old Hockey Canada hat today. Um, but do you think that this win was impressive? Is it shocking that they won? It's always the same two teams, though, right? You'll always see Canada, U.S. in the in the any of these women's uh, tournaments, not long, not alone with the Olympics. It, it's, it's one of those rivalries, man. It can go up or to who knows. And it's just unfortunate that USA is just as not as good as Canada. Okay. But was the win impressive? Because oh, it's, I they're think always so. there. They're, every they're there every single year. Every time every they win. Olympics. It doesn't matter if it's worlds. doesn't matter every time they do it. So who even knows? though, even though there's only one other team that is even remotely close to their capabilities, you still think it's an impressive win to beat that team. They beat them five sure. out of seven opportunities. For sure. Uh, no, five out of six opportunities. For sure. I think so. I think anytime you can take out your rival, awesome. Yeah. I think the more impressive thing is that they continue to this dominance. It, that, that, that's the crazy part of this all is that it's just been these two teams all the time. And that's that's what I find is more shocking with the win, them beating like it was three two so it was, it was a close game. So, and they usually are close games. Like yeah, and it's it's gold medals. So like, am I impressed with the win? I guess I guess you could ar- argue I expect it. So, so you definitely weren't shocked. That's yeah, for sure. yeah I, like I said, I was I was more I'm more shocked at just the complete dominance of Canada for the last how many ever years like it's been forever every so, single year that the hockey has women's hockey has been in the olympics canada has been in the final every year well there you go like that like the uh, there so there's i think there's been seven tournaments i believe so it started in 98 so one two three four five six seven so seven olympic tournaments since women's hockey was uh introduced into the to the olympics out of those seven Canada has been in the final seven times. The U.S. has been in six times in the final. The only other team was Sweden in 06. They were in the final. They beat the Americans um, in the previous game, or maybe it was the Canadians might have beat the Americans in the semis. But regardless, the Americans did end up finishing third that year. Um, But it's always Canada-U.S. So for me, it wasn't obviously – it wasn't shocking. And – Yes, it's impressive that they continue to win and they do have that dominance, like you said, Jess, but it's 
I just don't care. Like <laughs> they're going to win. They're going to win. Like I said, they have five golds and, and two silver medals in the, since the inception of, of women's hockey in the Olympics. They're just, I think what they would be better off to do considering the North Americans to destroy and dominate this event for the ladies, at least is maybe the Canada and U S they should just, they should have two tournaments, Canada versus U S for a seven game series. And whoever wins, because that, like that, like that would be that would be intense. <laughs> like right? a and the rest of them play a regular tournament for bronze. Yeah, uh, no, that's, you know? no. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, like I said, it's it's very poor. The other countries they're showing is very poor. You got Finland, who has won. I think they got like four bronze medals, and that's the next most uh, total medals between uh, after the Canadians and the Americans. But. But the game will grow in the rest in Europe and the rest of the world when they continue to play. It hasn't in 21 years. Okay, 21 years is not really that long. That's Uh, one one generation. A streak will end. Like a streak always ends. So like it it it'll happen. But yeah, it might not be for a while. (laughs) Yeah, I mean like this is far from the only sport that's like this too. Like if Norway, who's fucking far and away leading in the medal count, hmm. take a look at where their medals are coming from. Yeah, it's like biathlon. It's biathlon. Cross-country skiing, yeah. So yeah. should biathlon still be an Olympic sport, even though Norway wins it all the time? Well, I'm not saying sure it shouldn't it should. be an Olympic sport. I'm just saying switch it up a little bit and make a real fucking series nah, between the Americans nah. and the Canadians. That would be intense. Man. Not, at, not, at, not at the Olympics. You can you can do that separate somewhere. You can do a, a, a fucking summit series type thing that would garner a lot of attention, probably. Like this this gold medal game, uh, I saw a stat that it was more watched than any NHL game this season. Really? Yep. Well, probably because the NHL sucks dick. So. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> That's offside. Okay. That's offside. <laughs> Blow the whistle then. Yeah, but so like like people care and they want to watch and it is it is a good it's not a, it's not a guaranteed win against the Americans and I understand you're not saying that it is you're saying that it's it's a guaranteed silver medal at least yeah. like yeah and and that that's the case for now but it it won't be that forever the other countries will grow and it's it's just a matter of it's more accessible and more. A part of the culture in these two countries that women's hockey is flourishing and when and if they ever get a fully fledged professional league happening that is um truly successful and watched and, and growing and european hey, players they do already don't they they have two that are competing and they're struggling once they once once they fully get into once they merge that into one true professional what are the two leagues? Like, there's the Premier Hockey Federation. There's the Premier Hockey Federation, which used to be the NWHL. Yeah. And there is another one that I, the name escapes me at the moment, but there is for sure another league. And they're, they're like butting heads, those two leagues, which is dumb. They should join and, and uh, be the NHL before. Um, and then you can get European players to come play in those leagues or that league and the game will grow it'll grow in europe it'll become more even it's just a matter of time 
I'm pretty sure if you ask any of the women that are playing against Canada or the United States in these tournaments, if they would prefer, if they were not playing those two teams and could only play for bronze, they would say no way. Well, obviously, because anything can happen, right? Like as Kev says a lot, any given Sunday, obviously that's a reference for football, but, but any given Olympics, anything can happen. Right. right. So it is possible, but it just, it's more possible to me. It's more likely that the men lose it can lose period like out of a medal or or not gold or not silver than than the ladies the women are just too dominant they to me it'll be it's gonna be another 50 years until they not don't get a medal maybe and even then is, is a but stretch i bet men's used to be that way too i bet in canadian men's hockey i don't know when that started in the olympics don't fucking challenge me on this because i'm talking out of my ass but i bet you when that was early in on the olympics I bet you Canadians won it all the fucking time, or at least medal all the time. Well, they still do. <laughs> but, it, but it's not guaranteed anymore. No, it's not guaranteed, for sure. Not in the men's. I mean, there's too many. There's too many teams in the men's. I mean, it's still expected. When, when was the last time Canada didn't medal? Uh, it was uh, in the 90s. It was... Um... Uh, 2022, bud. Well, okay, yes. With, <laughs> with, with NHL players, best on best. Uh, I believe 1998, they did not yeah. medal. Right, Nagano. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's right. No, I mean, I totally understand it. Just, it's so dominant that it's like, do you watch a, a women's game against, you know, Germany or against Switzerland? Like they destroy them 10 to one type thing. Like it's not to me, I'll so, watch the first so period the until they get up for nothing. And then I'm like, all right, that's it. Do you so watch, watch, do you watch the something. men's play against the fucking, you mean fucking Eric Stahl own powers in the season? No, I mean best on uh, best. I mean best on <laughs> best. Best on best. Of course you watch that. That's, that's But do you different. watch them play against fucking Kazakhstan or whatever? Some. I mean, Kazakhstan is the greatest country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, I would probably watch the beginning until they get up for nothing. And then I'm like, all right, this game is in the bag. So I don't need to watch it anymore. That's what was the difference. I guess. I guess. Just shoots down your idea, bud. Crush. I I think a fucking <laughs> I mean, that's a seven game series. No matter whether it's in the Olympics or not, it's still going to be the best American and best Canadian women playing. I think that would be fucking phenomenal. It would be Those a lot of fun. My balls for sure. And I think it would make a lot of sense to do that outside of yeah. the Olympics. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Especially all the eyeballs for the the medal game that happened mm-hmm. more than the NHL. So yeah. I like said, that's because the NHL sucks. <laughs> Actually, you said that, but I agree completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So just quickly here to to wrap uh, wrap up the Olympics medal totals. Uh, Norway finishes first. Now this is based on total medals. A lot of people will um, will say that it golds the the number one golds is is that's who wins the, the tournament or wins the Olympics is if you have the most golds. For me, it's total medals. So I've done a total medal here. So Norway thirty seven. Shitty ROC at 32. Germany leapfrogged us uh, today or last night, whatever, uh, to finish with 27. And Canada has 26. So fourth place, uh, which Kevin picked that right. Just uh, just to give everybody a – give Kev a pat on the back from last week. He said they were going to get 26. boy, Kev. And uh, the best part about this is that we beat the U.S. I, every time yeah. we, can, we can top the U.S. I love it. So – uh, the U.S. finished fifth. They had 25 total medals. 
And so since 1994, Canada has finished in the top five in total medals every Winter Olympics. And I think that's pretty impressive. Obviously, we got a lot of fucking snow here, and it makes sense. Uh, you know, our best uh, tournament from terms of medals was the last variety in 2018, where we got 29 medals. But probably the uh, best and most memorable will probably be the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver. They won 14 gold medals, which was the most of any country. We obviously won both men's and women's gold medal hockey, which was fucking huge. You get the golden goal from Sid. Uh, it was that was an intense, that's probably going to be for a very long time, top of my list for Olympics, uh, for winter Olympics is that one right there, 2010. And I wish I had more money in 2010 because I would have went and did yeah. awesome stuff, yeah. but I didn't have that much money. So <laughs> couldn't afford that shit. Yeah, so anyway, guys, to see it though. Oh yeah. Just live anyways. Oh, I was at a, I was at a bar for for the for sid's go, uh, golden goal and it was fucking insane yeah so was i i may, may have been there with you <laughs> yeah we might have been at the same time for sure but i remember like I, I can't remember exactly where it was i thought it was but BP. i remember was it bp oh that's right that's right and then we ended up going downtown oh i do remember that yeah, yeah and yeah. we were just I, there they blocked up a major intersection in in uptown waterloo and yeah. it was just a big fucking party in the middle of the street yeah. it was pretty intense and that's little old waterloo you know, imagine if we were in Toronto or, or something, yeah. you know, or been Vancouver. Sweets. Yeah. Or Vancouver. Yeah. So guys, just to finish this up, I just want to know what your overall thoughts of the Beijing Olympics were. Eh. Yeah. Meh. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> it's just, I get up like my job when I get up, I'm up at usually at midnight to get ready to go to work and I watch some live stuff, but meh. Yeah. For me, it's uh, when the NHL players don't play in the men's hockey, it just completely flips the switch and it's like, okay, I don't really care that much about these Olympics. And when they're halfway across the world and the time change is difficult, you just don't end up watching that much of it. I find. Yeah. I think I agree there. Like there's definitely some high points and there's some low points, which are always low points in the Olympics with scandals and whatnot. Um, it just seems that, to me, it seems like when it's not in China or not in Russia, the scandals are way less. I don't know if it has anything to do with those two countries, but I think I it think just, it might. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, do you guys remember any scandals, for instance, in 2010? Nothing, nothing jumps out at me like massively. When did Ross Rebliotti get busted for smoking weed doing the downhill? I don't think that was in 2010, but, but no, but yeah, um, he he did end up getting that gold back. But he did. It was, was that controversial. But that was like, you know what I mean? Like I just, I, like I said, I don't think that was 2010. But I, I just don't think that there's nearly as many controversy or scandals when it comes yeah. to other countries. The biggest so. scandal I can remember from that is uh, the bobsled guy chugging a beer after he won the gold. Yeah, the pitcher. <laughs> yeah, Peter, that's, I, that's I, not I a scandal at all. Don't even know if it was the bobsled guy. Whatever he was, he was like a loser skeleton whatever or something was, like yeah. that. But yeah, that was like one of my favorite parts, minus the <laughs> the Crosby goal was was him. As soon as he got the gold, he started chugging a pitcher of beer. Yeah, and he starts auctioning it off. Sold to me for a thousand. I can't remember his name Whatever. though. Nah, me neither. I remember I remember how he looks though. Yeah. All right, guys, that's it for our Olympics. Be another couple of years before we uh, get into some summer Olympics. But we'll uh if we're still here on the air, we'll talk about it. <laughs> 
kudos. We might get shut down by the CDC or well, not the CDC. The what is the what's the the TV the thing? IOC CRTC. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. We're not getting shut No. All right, Kev. I know you got an interesting topic here. Something that I would really like to get out and do is golfing. Wanna let us know what you got? Yeah, there's um supposedly a uh, Saudi uh, um golf tour that is uh trying to emerge into like a new golf league. Um like the shark uh, Greg Norman, he tried to do this back in the nineties with some kind of um, I guess tycoon media dude of uh Rupert Murdoch. Um they actually had um Murdoch's uh, sports or Fox Sports uh, involved that they actually had it um, able to put on TV. Uh, but I guess then the PGA Tour Commissioner, um, Tim um, Finch, Fincham, he said uh, no go. Now, they have been trying to get um, at least some of the top 100 PM players to try and come into this, um, this new league. Uh, Mickelson says there's no way that I'll ever get involved into it. Um, I believe uh, McElroy said the same thing. Uh, but we do have some that would be interested. Uh, Lee Westwood said uh, he might be publicly acknowledging that he might be involved. Kevin, I'm going to um, challenge you, man. I think Mickelson's interested in going. Okay. I'll look that up, but carry on. That's yeah. what I think as well. But carry on. Too, too bad, but I got the challenge, not That's, you. No, no. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I'm just, uh, I'm just supporting. Uh, so they're talking about this league. Uh, <laughs> like Kevin was saying, Lee Westwood. Uh, there's a couple guys that I really don't know. Tommy Fleetwood, Henrik Stenson. I know Ian Poulter are weighing offers. And the big thing here is that they're basically uh, going to hand out guaranteed money. So you come and play in this, this tour, and we're going to give you – I don't know, arbitrary number, $100 million. Obviously, that's a shit ton of fucking money, and a lot of people probably jump for that. I don't think it's quite that much, but just using that as a, as a random Sa- number. Saudi, so they, they got a lot of money there. Right. They have a ton of cash, uh, and it's all backed by uh, some form of Saudi government. Uh, not backed by oil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, you know, you, you know there's, the whole, there's the whole issue with that, you know, is this money kind of dirty you know what i mean that's kind of the way that the things have, have been going and do you want to play f- in a tour that uh, that is being funded by potentially dirty money uh so it, it's it's interesting there's a ton of money there there is a ton of cash um for me i don't know if this is going to draw the superstars you know tiger woods has said his his allegiance and his commitment is to the pga his stardom and his fame the reason that he is who he is is because of the pga and he won't waver from that uh kevin before you froze up and you might be frozen again you said that uh um, royal mcelroy he was basically in the same boat uh and there's you know there's been a number of of players that basically have said now i probably won't go over uh, especially the top end guys um with with having so much you know when you make a shit ton of money through through the pga do you really want to give that up what you've you know what you've you've built your career on to go for a few extra dollars 
you know, Rory said if he's had the same house for the last 10 years or something to that effect, or probably longer, he said he still uses the same four rooms in his house. So a couple extra million bucks isn't going to change things for him. Now, he's a high-end player. He's a high-end moneymaker. There's other guys, obviously, that aren't as high in the money-making and that would say, hey, you know what? I could really use a $15 million guaranteed payday plus all the purses if, if you were to win the tournament. I mean, I think that when this uh, league happens, you're going to get a lot of players that don't make a lot of money in the PGA go to it to make that money. And it's going to be like, like a minor league almost kind of thing like that. Right. That's the next question. So if the superstars are staying in the PGA, what kind of quality players are you getting in the Saudi tourney tour? It, it's going to fail if that happens. They, they need, nobody's going to watch to see a minor league. They yep. need, they need the, for this to succeed, they need to get the big fish to come. And then the rest of the players will come also. I don't know if they're actually. I don't know if they'd be able to play in this one as well as the regular PGA. I mean, they either got to pick one, don't they? Oh, I bet you the PGA would squash that. I think they would, the you'd have to have a contract with one or the other. I would assume. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> well, like. It, I would think that the PGA would put something in there that they would have to, like, well, I guess you can just pick and choose the tournaments that you're going to be in as long as you make yeah. the cut, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe there's room for both. Why not? But I don't think. Maybe it's just people that are going to be like vacationing on that side of the world and they'll be like, hey, let's make some money. But yeah, but then nobody will watch. That, well, like you said, that would be the thing to, that needs to survive here. And I understand what you're saying, like when I was saying like a minor league, that you do need, you need eyeballs on it, but maybe you'll get more eyeballs on the other side of the world because it's, because it's more of a local game then. Yeah, maybe. I don't know how big golf is in uh, Saudi Arabia. Couldn't tell you, man. I've never been there. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> Neither have I. So, okay, here's what I found about Mickelson. Uh, he's, he had a quote that said, uh, there, in, re, uh, in response to playing in the Saudi tour and uh, having it funded by the Saudis here, it says they're scary motherfuckers to get involved with. We know they killed a, uh, a journalist uh, and have a horrible record on human rights. They execute people over there for being gay. Knowing all this, why would I even consider it? because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA tour operates. So he is to me that saying that he would be interested in there because he does it. He is real pissy about the PGA Mickelson right now because of the uh, media media rights. And so he has, he's, he's been very strong on the media rights. He wants more. He basically wants more money from the PGA and he's saying all the, all the players should be because they're just using their likeness to, to promote all these uh, all these tours, all these these rounds or, or tournaments, and the players don't see any of that cash. So the, basically the um, PGAs have essentially taken advantage without paying them at all. The back in the day, they tried to get a union together, you know, PGA, PA type thing, and they probably should have got it, got it there because then they, you know, back in the day, because now things like this would have been just a quick vote and you know, the players association would say, 
<laughs> sorry, PGA, we're not playing until we get some more media rights. And, you know, it'd be the same type of thing with baseball and, and all these other sports that you potentially have lockouts and whatnot. But obviously that didn't happen. There is no union in the PGA. Um, but it's definitely interesting. Um, I don't know if you guys want to find a little bit more on uh, uh, Mickelson there, because I'm pretty sure that he said he would be interested in playing. Um, As you guys are still looking that up, I don't know if, I mean, I'm, I know I've always been bouncing in and out. I don't know what's going on with my interwebs. But I do know also with this um, new tour that there's not going to be any cuts. Everybody's being able to play to the whole entire four, four day round. Yeah. There's no cuts at all, which I think is pretty good. I mean, because you, you're not going to get money unless you're up top. And I mean, you can see some miraculous games that guys can come back from a minus and get back in or from the pluses and get back into a minus. I mean, I like that aspect and being cut. Yeah, I think they said it was going to be a 40 player field and all 40 would would be able to play the whole the whole tournament. Uh, 15, 15 tournaments was my understanding of what I read. 10 would likely be within the US. Yeah, and I believe that Donald Trump's offering up his golf courses for them to do so. Oh, that's interesting. I did see that too. So, yeah, I see that Bill Mickelson says he is willing to get involved with Saudi Finance Breakaway Golf League to have leverage with PGA Tour. So, again, so it seems like he is only willing to do it because he's trying to get back type thing at the PGA because he is real pissy about the PGA right now. So, Well, he can only afford four Lamborghinis, and he wants five. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it sounds like a leverage play, but as of right now, he supports it to what I'm seeing here. Sorry, Kev. I think Josh took that one on you. So do you guys, like, do you think this is going to happen soon? Like, do you think this will actually form? Like, Pete, I know you you said that it's not going to be successful unless they can get some of the top-end guys so that you can drag everybody else there in the, in the uh the media and get the viewers but do you think this will actually happen i'm gonna say it won't based on nothing <laughs> hot take <laughs> i don't know I, I think it will happen i think they they will push forward with it i don't think it's going to be a success uh like you said Pete, unless they can get some top end names and I know that the top end names right now are kind of the older guys like Tiger. He's getting up there, Phil. Um, I, I did hear that Bryson was interested in playing as well. So that's a pretty big name, but there's a lot of other big names that said no dice like Kepka, which maybe that's good for the two of them. <laughs> Stay away from each other. But, uh, you know, Colin Morikawa, he said no dice. He's, he said he's, he always, you know, he dreamed of being a PGA pro. And so he's here now. Why would he go elsewhere? Like the PGA is the pinnacle of golf. Well, and it's like, it has something that Saudi tour can never have. It has the history, right? It has, it's, it's the tour. It has been for however long it's been around hundred years, say, I don't fucking know, but it, it's got that history. And that's something that the Saudi tour can never replicate. To me, this is like the, the XFL kind of deal. You know they're gonna they're gonna they'll maybe get a year out of it, two years out of it, but I don't see it lasting. We all think it's gonna pretty much 
it's going to happen, but it won't last long. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty well. Yeah. I figure. Yeah. yeah. I, I completely it. agree with Kev here. I think it's going to be like the XFL. It's going to show up. Not get, and Peter, you, you're right. Not enough viewership, but we don't know what the viewership is on the other side of the world, but we'll see. And I also say to those guys that they're not going to merge. You're either going to pay play for the Saudi or you're going to play for the PGA. That's the only yeah. ones. That's the only ones you have an option with. You're not going to be able to bounce between both. That's what I think. Too. Pick and choose. Yeah, I think the PGA will say if you play in the Saudi tour, you are ineligible to play in a PGA tour uh, event. That's what I think for sure. I agree with that 100. Because why would they want to give up? You know. They've got a tournament on every weekend. The PGA does pretty well, right? So why do yeah, they want to give up right all now. these superstars? Yeah. Oh, shit. Tiger's not playing in this, this tournament, although it might not be a big tournament in the U.S. He's over in Saudi. No, their they're, PGA is going to say, no, no, that's not happening. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're all on the same page there, I think. And uh, we're definitely all on the same page for our MVP, which is coming up next. This week's MVP is got to go down in the books as a classic. It's got to. Shout. It is Buffalo Bills wide receiver Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, allegedly, allegedly, although I'm pretty sure it's true, <laughs> had two different women in two different hotel rooms in the same hotel on Valentine's Day. So the Instagram is hard to follow on this, but everything seems to match up. The girls have been linked to him. They both put the hotel on their Instagram stories on Valentine's Day. One of the women, Lashante Heckard, is his regular girlfriend, while the other, Alicia Renee, is new to Diggs' roster. Both <laughs> women took to social media to show off their Valentine's Day gifts from Diggs. So he had both women in the hotel, two different rooms. I got to read this quote from Barstool Sports because it's hilarious. It says, personally, this seems exhausting. Was he running back and forth between the two rooms all night? couple pumps here. Sorry, babe. Got to run out and take this phone call. couple pumps there. Or did he block <laughs> off a couple hours for each girl, make them feel special? I'd love to know more details of, of this absolute kingly move. <laughs> MVP move. <laughs> MVP for sure. So Stefan Diggs for uh having two girls in the same hotel on Valentine's Day. An MVP move if there ever was one. Did you ever wish you could do that, Pete? You're like, yeah, this is my <laughs> I wish I could do that. No, darling, if you're listening. No, no. <laughs> they're not listening. Fuck, you think our fiance is wise no, this shit? No, I, I, I would never want to do that. So, Stefan Diggs, our MVP for the week for an absolute clutch game on Valentine's Day. Hey, he didn't miss any passes in that game. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, cheers, boys, to Stefan Diggs. Cheers. Cheers, Diggsy. Way to not drop the ball. That's a tough play call, too. Yeah, man. Which one gets to play action first, right? 
Oh, there's so many innuendos we could use. <laughs> yep. Some sometimes you just gotta post up and give her, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a home run, man. That's a grand slam show. <laughs> All right, I think a, I'm done it's now. at least a double. But so let's roll into some actual football that happened. Jesse, why don't you let us know how Super Bowl 56 went? Wow. Super Bowl 56 went pretty good. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna mute Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> boys, boys, boys. Called it from the start. That's true. over a year ago. When they the trade for Stafford that the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl, and they won the Super Bowl. Jesse's had a hard on for the last year, just so you guys know. <laughs> yeah, like a just, whole year, he's had a fucking rage. No, no Viagra, no nothing. Just, just, just Matt Stafford. Yeah, just <laughs> Stafford and best wide receiver in the league, Cooper Cup. Yeah. Yeah. He caught a one-yard touchdown pass with 125 left to go in the fourth quarter on the game-winning drive, which was 15 plays, being the longest fourth quarter go-ahead touchdown drive by number of plays in Super Bowl history. This is going to be a terrible segment. Oh, this is going to be a great, great segment because (laughs) I am going to be insufferable. You can tell just by the tone of its voice. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be awful. Man, I've been smiling ear to ear for a week, man. (laughs) Just just so pumped, so happy. I wanted this matchup, called it in the championship, and it worked out perfectly. Didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, but still, the Bengals had a chance at the end of the game, a couple timeouts, enough time on the clock, and Aaron Donald got to Burrow, and he threw up a duck to Pirine. Well, he was kind of spinning, so he, it would have probably been a sack any other time, depending on the, the play of the game or the time of the game. But it went incomplete, and the Rams won. Turnover on downs. Donald made a hell of a he made a hell of a play too. Donald on the third and one to stop P. Ryan. He pulled him back. Well, it was also was... Greg Gaines was in that too, but he he it was it, he hit Greg Gaines to slow him down, and then Donald just use that strength i don't know if you guys saw the parade that guy is jacked went shirtless yeah. through that parade in la and just that's why jesse that. still has that fucking rage <laughs> <laughs> just just want to throw hey, out there too donald was totally offside on that fourth and one play oh there was there was many Challenge. Oh, that was that was not the right play you're looking at fake news man he was not that 100 percent he was, it was a different it was a different play that you're reading on fucking Twitter and all that garbage fake news media you're reading. That's all I read, buddy. That's all. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, if we, if we want to challenge that, we can. Like I just like I said, like it's it's not true at all. He was he was completely onside. The one that you're reading was from a different play. It wasn't the fourth one down and one. Was it the same uh, Super Bowl? Is it, it what you're getting at? It, it was the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't that play. How do you know that? Because I watched the fucking game like eight times. And the, the, the highlights. <laughs> so your fake news is telling you that, that he was onside, even though he was outside on the fourth one. Like, right. No, man. It, it, it was a different location. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're it, right. Jesse's right. Yeah. It was, it was a fourth and one, mm-hmm. but it was earlier in the game. It was in the first drive of the game. 
Yeah. It was in the first try. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the one I was talking about. What Gotta, check, oh, your, yeah. gotta <laughs> check your research. Minus man. one for Pete. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, he got to him. Just fucking manhandled that guard. And boys, literally, like, Donald hadn't done anything until the second half until he pushed Burrow out of bounds, which was a clean hit. Yep. 100% clean hit. He was like a yard and a bit outside the out of bounds box. And the Bengals fans or Bengals uh, players decided to get into his face. And I'm shocked that AD didn't choke anyone out. But he <laughs> knew that the Super Bowl was on the line. Bring his inner stompy. I see what you did there. That was, that was, that was funny. <laughs> that was the thing Kevin said. He's like, they choke anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways yeah it lit a fire on him and man poked the bear oh yeah did it ever that was right after the Stafford interception in the second half and Stafford or Donald came away with two sacks and that and then that huge pressure at the end and the Rams sacked them seven times so not my 10 that I had thought it was going to be because Burrow was getting the ball out early in the first half because he only got sacked once, but he got sacked six times in the second half. It has also made teams perfect 7-0 and when collecting six sacks or more in the Super Bowl. And they tied the record for uh, sacks in the Super Bowl with seven. McVay wins the youngest coach ever to win a Super Bowl at 36, it's 36 years old in 20 days. And on the other side, offensive lineman Andrew Whitworth set a record for the oldest lineman in the Super Bowl at 40 years and 63 days. You know what another record they set? Well, it wasn't setting a record. It was coming in second. Finished with 43 yards. I don't want to know, no. <laughs> 43 <laughs> yards as a team. And it's the second fewest rushing yards ever in a Super Bowl. And Peter, please explain to us who is the first with the least amount of rushing yards in a Super Bowl and winning it. I have no idea, but I'm going to assume it's the fucking... Rams again against the Titans? I don't know. Yeah. With 29. <laughs> you, you fucker. <laughs> so, big. it was a big game. It was a good game. Rams lost a lot of guys. They were playing with fucking not – like they play, had a lot of superstars to begin with, but Odell Beckham went down early. And then they were playing with like six-string receivers and, and four-string tight ends. Like it was – Final had a torn peck. Weddle, yeah, that was crazy. That happened early on, too. He was only able to tackle with one shoulder. Yeah. That was wild. And he stayed in the game. But he he wanted that ring. So my question to you guys, first one at least, is do you think the Rams can do this next year? They are over the cap right now. But I think Whit Whitworth is going to retire. Oh, yeah. And with restructuring and extensions, they can probably get free up $60 million in cap space. So, a couple guys that are free agents, Von Miller, big one, Odell, huge one, Darius Williams, who's the second or the second cornerback, Austin Corbett, who's the starting guard, Sony Michelle, who we didn't see much in the Super Bowl, but had quite the year with the Rams, Brian Allen, starting center, Dante Dion, their nickel, Joseph Nopu, who was the guy that will was replacing Andrew Whitworth when he was hurt on the left left tackle side. Matt Gay, the kicker, and Sebastian Joseph Day, who started the season and then got hurt midway through the season at DT right beside Donald. Those are the big names. Do you guys think that the Rams can do the do back-to-back? 
Nope. Uh, <laughs> no. They they probably have a good opportunity to to go far into the playoffs again. Uh, obviously, I think the big one to help free up AD a bit so that there is more pressure is Vaughn Miller. They need I think they need to re-sign him. Um, that would allow you know offensive lines can't just straight up double Donald then right because you have you got Floyd, you've got Vaughn Miller, and you've got AD. There's no way you can double a guy. You just you know and if you do, you leave somebody else open. So. In that sense, uh, I loved watching Odell uh, take catches from from Stafford. Uh, they look good together, and Odell obviously before blew out his knee again. Same knee, uh, yeah, yeah. Same knee. It it really looked like he was turning a corner again, back to the old New York Giants Odell. So those two, although the wide receiver, you know, signing resigning Odell isn't necessary or as necessary no, as got, Vaughn got, Miller is. They got Woods and, and Jefferson coming back. Exactly. Now, Woods is off an ACL, so we'll back him, but... Yeah. But do you get Donald back if you don't get Odell back? Good question. Yes. Good question. You think that Donald would say no if just because they don't sign re-sign Beckham? That's what he said. He he wants a super team again to do it, but I I don't know. It'd be It'd be tough to... If they bring Vaughn, he's definitely he, he is more likely to come back if they just unless they just did Beckham and not Vaughn, because because mm-hmm. AD wants his single team whenever he once in a while gets them, like on the last play. <laughs> like the rest of these guys, like sure they might be starters, but they're not they're not the big names, and you could likely fill some of these spots with other free agents that may be cheaper or what have you. But I think that I think Odell and Vaughn are big. Vaughn for sure is the big. That's the guy they need to. to. That's why I have him at the front. Yeah. So they might be able to make it back to the Super Bowl, but it's going to depend on the moves too, like the moves elsewhere. Like if, let's say, Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere else in the NFC, right? Well, no, (laughs) I'm saying the NFC. Like that's Tennessee. Anywhere that he goes is, is, you know, automatically is uh, maybe not a Super Bowl contender, but they're a playoff contender. And I mean, obviously, they're you know, they're, he's he's in the NFC now. So even if he stays with Green Bay, but I don't I don't think they're going to win it next year. I think the Buffalo Bills have got this wrapped up in the bag Ooh. already next year. Calling it now, boys. Yeah, call it now. Yeah. Wow. Don't worry about the happening. Chiefs, man. Don't worry about the Chiefs. But <laughs> I don't. I think they can do very well. I'll, I'll say that they could make the the Super Bowl, but it's it's not likely. That's what I would say. Yeah, so I I, th- I think I'm the same. I, they gotta they have to in my mind they have to bring back Miller and Odell, and obviously Donald, not retiring. And if they do, I think they can win another Super Bowl. I don't think they will. I think the AFC is really strong, and a team out of the AFC is. Probably gonna take it next year. I don't know which one. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> uh, so I don't, I don't think they're going to win next year, but I think they can if they bring back uh, their super team. But I don't think they will. I don't see it happening either. Win that is no. I mean, he's got his ring. He... And then, like this year was the stars aligned. This year they're playing at home. They brought in all these guys, Von Miller and uh, Eric Weddle. All these guys Whoa, that are after the anyone could have brought and put it all together. <laughs> yeah, but it's 
I think the stars aligned we were, this year for we, we were playing yeah. with a guy that was off the couch, retirement, and a seventh round yep. safety back there. What I like about it, though, man, is how the rest that. of your team is, huh? Other than AD, garbage, garbage. <laughs> Not a back chance, to back, man. back to back home teams winning it. That's what's they you know pretty decent. I think that that's pretty cool. fucking awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I heard a, a, how they're going to prevent that from happening again. Every Super Bowl is going to be in Dallas. I should do this joke. <laughs> Every Super Bowl is in Dallas from now on. Then you never have a home team winning again. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's that is pretty funny. All right, so it'll be tough to win back to back. It hasn't been done since the Patriots did it. Like I think it was uh, the twenty one season, and twenty or not twenty one season, two thousand and one season, and two thousand two season was when they did the back to back was the last one. Obviously, last year, Pat or not Pat's uh, Chiefs got got back to the Super Bowl and got destroyed by the defense. The defense. I think really won this game for the Rams to begin with. And my big thing is I think you got to bring Vaughn back for sure. I would really like Odell. He might even take a pay cut because he's no way. Why no not? way. I guarantee you Odell does not take a pay cut just because of who he is. I, I think he will. I th- for, he, for another he, ring. He, he will take another ring. He, he lives in old so. LA. He, and this ACL is going to scare a lot of people off. No way, man. He's Odell. Well, he's going to get paid. I, I he, anyone could have paid him, and he made like I think three million in when when they won the Super Bowl with incentives. Yeah, he got a bunch of incentive. Money yeah. So sure. so he he might have okay. So he might have another contract exactly. like that. It's sort of incentive laden. I, I think that's that. exactly what it will, and I think he he might take a hometown discount just to. Maybe it's even a one-year deal. It's not even like a multi-year deal. Just, just, just a one-year yeah. deal, just to bring run it back. And the only other guy I really think the Rams need, like, there's there's three offensive linemen there, so their offensive line is going to be. They got to replace that this this coming draft and off season. But I think you got to bring back Joseph Milton. What he's shown is he's pretty good, and I'd rather not try and grab a left tackle in the in the offseason because I think everyone's gonna be looking for an, a left tackle. And center, they might have one that they can have they can find. It it's it's tough. Maybe they can get like an old old one because I think the Jensen from the Bucks is going to be a free agent. So so maybe they get him and he's he he wants to win another Super Bowl. But I think you got to really look at the line is huge here for the Rams to get make a repeat. Do they get it? I think they'll get to the Super Bowl depending on where Aaron Rodgers goes. If they get these guys winning it, like I said, it's it's not easy. It's even Jesse is saying the Buffalo Bills are going to win. I didn't say Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely definitely I not. I right. didn't say. I, I said it's not going to be easy. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> Putting words in your mouth. <laughs> but like I said, man, like last year, I called it when they straight traded Stafford that they were going to win the Super Bowl. So I'm going to say they run it back. Yes, Jesse. That's hey, just remember said. that I yes. called the Buffalo yes, Bills Jesse. for the next one on yes. the same day that we gave Diggsy the MVP for banging two chicks on Valentine's night. <laughs> well, that, 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 that's what the thing is. Then you gotta, you gotta fucking just be the stupid, confident goof I was this year, and it and it happens. All right, throw one out there too. Then whoever AA round goes to, 
I mean, goes to, if he stays with the uh, Green Bay Packers, I'm not picking the Packers, but if he moves, that's your winner. Oh, fuck. You're fucked. No way. No way, man. Where, where is he going to go? That is, is a better team. Maybe Tennessee. That would be a better team. You think Denver is a better team? Excluding quarterbacks, like because it's the same quarterback, you think Denver's better than Green Bay right now As, with with the 2021 team? But with their, de- the, their defense and Nathaniel Hackett, who was hired there, was the OC well, from Green Bay, so he might want to travel with him. Well, that would that, be but... that would be my pick. Tennessee's defense, probably better, but and he's also got AJ Brown. I don't know if Julio's a free agent or not, I don't remember, but he's been hurt anyways, so. See, I think I like I said before that no matter where Rodgers goes or if he stays, they're going to be a playoff team, but not a Super Bowl team. No matter where he goes, he's only been to oh, one. Can, he's lost a lot of championships. So. You can take your Buffalo. Like I said, I'm going if, to. If if AA Ron stays with Green Bay, I'm gonna have to really think about it. But wherever he goes, there's your chance. He's gonna go to the fucking Jets, and Kev's gonna fucking eat his words. Be like fuck, <laughs> it's the Jets. <laughs> He won't go to a place. <laughs> no, he's, he's not going to go to a, a place that's rebuilding or he's going to lose for sure. So, <laughs> all right. So, a different quarterback that is looking at an HOF Just call now Just is relax. Stafford. Nah, whatever. Whatever. This guy has the same amount of Super Bowls as Rodgers, Breeze. He, uh, he has a really shitty playoff record, but it's his first time being to the playoffs without being on Detroit, and he won the thing. Okay. He, he's almost at 50,000 passing yards, 12th all-time right now. Fastest quarterback to pass keystone, key milestones in 2,000 yards at 71 games, 30,000 yards at 109, 40,000 yards at 147 games, and he's – He's number 11 in completions at 4,302, right behind Rodgers. He is 12th with 323 TD passes. Like, he is dominant, man. And he – I'm I'm going to say this right now. He might be the most clutch quarterback in the NFL now that Brady's gone. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, that's, whoa, whoa, That's a stretch, man. <laughs> well, let me, let me just tell you here, boys. So he has the most fourth quarter comebacks in one single season at eight ever. And he's got 34 for his career, which is fifth all time and only six behind Brady. That's because he was on the line. Always behind. Always yeah, leading. exactly. <laughs> yep. That, that, but it's still it a clutch. Mean you're clutch. That just means you're yeah, a man. shitty team. All right. <laughs> so boys, during this playoffs, he got three game winning drives. And he got two come-from-behind victories in the fourth quarter. With uh, Tampa, he threw that huge pass to Cup and got him in field goal range at the end of the game to kick the winning field goal after a fucking four-fumble f- uh, frenzy, which was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then against San Fran, got them in range, another big Cup reception to get them in range for field goal. And then throwing the TD past the cup. Is he more clutch than Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. No. It, it, all, all time. All time, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Let's look at it from okay. With if if the Rams did not win the Super Bowl, would we be talking about this? No, you're right. I okay. agree with that. But they did. But they did. But they did. That's fair. You got to give credit where credit's due. So, so does a Super Bowl mean that you pretty much automatically get into the Hall of Fame as a quarterback at least? No, no, no. no. The Flacco okay. problem. Like, who knows if Flacco will get in, right? He shouldn't. He's fucking useless. <laughs> like, and his name is Flanco, Jess. Come oh, on, yeah, Flanco. Okay, but <laughs> Flanco, Joe Flanco. So we're talking about two different things, though, because I'm sort of on the same page with Jesse on one, but not on the other. <laughs> I don't think he's the clutchest quarterback in the league right now. Not at all. But I do think he's a He has put up the... Uh, the stats, albeit most of his career on a losing team, but that's not entirely his fault. He's put up the numbers, and now he has the championship once he went to a decent team. Uh, so I think he does make the Hall of Fame. Okay, so here's my argument uh, just about this Super Bowl even. Matt Stafford was this close from not even making the Super Bowl if Kev's boy would have made a fucking interception – there's nine minutes Come left in the And they're only down by three. That also would have given you a fucking point, too. That would have given you a point. But someone's got butterflies. But it, does, still. it doesn't it doesn't matter what yeah, might exactly. have happened. What ifs are he, he he did win a Super Bowl. Okay. And he's got are, the numbers. All right. So let me let me pull this up as as my rebuttal and my argument. And I'm gonna use a little bit of Richard Sherman here. Now I do not like Richard Sherman. Let's everybody be clear on that. I think he's a fucking idiot. He's a great football player, but he's a goof. But he did did say uh that you know, he was gonna talk about this on a podcast, but he now thinks he, he's like the hall of fame is like a participant trophy. Basically, he's like Stafford is not on his no all decade team, no all pro, no MVP. He's only been to one Pro Bowl. He wasn't the MVP of the Super Bowl, and he's never been considered the best in any year that he played. And then he said a little fucking dig at Kev here. He must know Kev. He's like, even Matt Ryan has an MVP. But he doesn't have a Super Bowl. (laughs) But he said he goes on to say the biggest lead in the Super Bowl. He goes on to say he did nothing spectacular. It's really a microcosm of his career. He did good, not great, made a few wow passes, made a few face palm fa- passes. Yeah. And he said that AD and Vaughn are the two Hall of Famers that Stafford should thank. So, like I said, I don't always agree with Richard Sherman. He is a goof, but I, I get it. He was, in, he was in Detroit. Shit, I get it. But if you were good enough then you should have been more Pro Bowls than one. Did he get the Pro Bowl this year? Is that when he got his one Pro Bowl? No, he got no? It, was, okay. it was before that. And to be honest, the Pro Bowl is a popularity contest. It's by the fans. So it's I'm not it, too concerned to me, about the Pro Bowl. Like, but... The All-Pro is what matters. He hasn't been one. He, he didn't even get one when he got his 5,000-yard season in 16 games. And at that, at that That's point... That's what Sherman's saying. Well... Again, like those are those are writers at that time too, so they got to be. But they're also writers put you into the Hall of Fame too, though, right? You're so. right. You're right. But you have to also understand is he didn't get that, and at the time when he did get that five thousand yard season, it was there was only four at that time, and he didn't even get mobile that yeah, year. So, so I like I don't think it's right to punish Stafford for living in an era with all kinds of elite quarterbacks. 
But if he's an elite, but, but if he's an not. elite quarterback, then it shouldn't matter. He should have been right up. And don't get me wrong, it he does, is up it there. It does in, matter because there's only of, so many spots. In terms of all all time numbers, he's got a lot of passing yards and he's up there. So he's obviously did something right. You know, I think he probably eventually will make the Hall of Fame, but it's not going to be right away. He's not going to be first ballot unless he continues to win Super Bowls with the Rams or whoever he ends up playing with. But he needs to do a lot more to be that first ballot. I think he's one of those guys that might make it near the end of his time on the ballot type thing. That's my opinion. I, I, I can understand about the first ballot, but I don't think it'll be the end. He is on pace to smash the record, or not smash, but beat the record for most passing yards that Brady had put out there. Yeah, I mean, and it depends how long he plays. Yeah, if he, it, he's got he's but got to play into his forties to do that. But he, he's gonna he's gonna finish his career probably in the top ten in a lot of key passing categories, plus a Super Bowl win. He's a Hall of Famer. That's all there is to it, in my opinion. Also, I'm gonna throw out because Peter doesn't agree with the most clutch. He's got more postseason nope. game-winning drives than Aaron Rodgers, and he's been to the playoffs four times. And Rodgers has been there. I, I don't know, but it's in the double digits. I guess he's not very good. Uh, yes, <laughs> Rodgers. Rodgers isn't. Rodgers isn't. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm, about. <laughs> I'm just saying, like everyone knows, thinks that he or knows that he's going to the Hall of Fame, and he's kind of got a clutch performance around him too. But in the postseason, it's not there. And that's where the clutch comes in. That's fair, I guess. Anyways, well, quickly, we've been talking about Stafford for a while. So we're just going to quickly go on to Super Cooper. I, I prefer two girls, one no, cup. I like this new one. Super Cooper is better. Nah, that's dumb. <laughs> so I think he had the best uh, wide receiver season ever. He had, including the, the season and postseason, 160. 78 catches, 2,424 yard, 25 yards, and 22 touchdowns. He's the first player in NFL history with more than 2,000 receiving yards in a season, blowing by the previous record of 1,977 set by Fitzgerald. His uh, 178 receptions are also the NFL record for the regular season and postseason combined, beating Michael Thomas, who had 56. And then... Cup tallied 33 receptions, which is a record in the postseason. And he's only second in uh, 478 yards to Fitzgerald in postseason. And the only record he really didn't beat this season was Moss, who had 24 touchdowns with the Patriots in this uh, season and postseason combined. And that happened in that uh, 2007 season where the Patriots almost had a perfect season. So what he accomplished in this season, which Jerry Rice took a career to do, was receiving the Triple Crown, Pro Bowl, which is, like I said, popular contest, first team All-Pro, Offensive Player of the Year, and Super Bowl MVP, which Kev got his bold uh, prediction right on. So was this the best wide receiver season ever? Probably. Hey man, triple crown in one in the season. Exactly I mean, you guys are not excited. No, even if you take out the extra regular season game, he still destroys the fucking record yeah. for yards and and for receptions. So yeah, I think it has to be. You know, I don't like it. 
I don't like it at all. I'd much rather say that Jerry Rice has still got the best receiving season of all time, but or Fitz. I'd rather say either of them. Fuck, I'd say fucking Devin Hester before I'd want to and say And is this just in spite of... Obviously, okay, Hester has not got the stats, but I'd rather say that. Is it is um, it just in spite because I'm a Rams yes, fan? 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. No, he was really good <laughs> this year. On record. Uh, like, what did he... Was there only one game this year that he didn't get 90 yards? It was two. Two games? Was two. So, like... It, that that one in regular season... And the second was the first postseason game where they were dominating the Cardinals. Both actually happened against the Cardinals. Sure. Big time choker. <laughs> <laughs> so much hate. Yeah, well, we're going to have to listen to this shit for a fucking year. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I think it probably is the best uh, receiving season of all time. He, uh, he did very well. He did very well. And there's yeah. no chance, no chance that he would have did this with Jared Goff. So agreed. That's why no I was so pumped chance. about that trade. Yeah. You're trying to say he needed a Hall of Fame quarterback? I was trying to say he needed a better quarterback than <laughs> Jared fucking Goff. <laughs> You're welcome, Jesse. You're welcome. That's all you're going to get out of me. All right. So I think everyone agrees on that. We'll roll on to the other league, which. Yo, Shardy to- yeah, Yo, Shardy <laughs> talked about. After I just threw you a bone. I didn't say it. This this is what I get in return. All right. All right. Hey, Jesse's already had a fucking bone for long enough, man. It's time to calm oh, he's down. He's had a full, <laughs> it's full not fucking year. Man. Another year coming. <laughs> don't don't stand near that boy. Then you won't for be sure. comfortable. Uh, yes, so I am going to talk about some mm. NHL trades. first of all the big trade of the week uh tyler tapoli to calgary for a first round pick in 2022 top 10 protected a 2024 fifth and tyler pitlick and emil heineman going back to montreal who he's a prospect i mean i'm talking about all three names you're talking about who (laughs) you don't know So Tafoli's cap hit is 4.25 million and he signed for this season plus two more, which is a very reasonable contract for what he is. Uh, he's got nine goals and 26 points through 37 games on the garbage heads this season. Uh, he did manage to score in his first game with the That's Calgary Flames. That's pretty cool when you do that. So going back the other way, Pitlick is an average fourth liner making 1.75 million on an expiring deal. So he was a piece in this trade for salary reasons, I think. He's not uh, not a major piece here. Heinemann was a second-round pick in 2020 and from all reports was a key piece in this trade from the Habs' perspective. So they really wanted uh, this prospect. And they also obviously got the first and fifth-round picks. So basically it's Montreal getting a first-round pick, a former second-round pick, and a fifth-round pick for Tyler Foley. So who do you guys think won this trade? I go with Montreal. Alpha one for sure, just because of the picks, right? Yeah. They'll even get more when Price leaves. Who needs picks? Price not leave. <laughs> 26 points in 37 games. So what is that, like a 0. 0.75 point per game tip guy? 
It's not great, but keep in mind he's on the right and South garbage halves. You know, getting a first, a former second. What what was uh where was Tafoli drafted when he was drafted? Like is he top end first rounder? No, I want to say he was a second rounder also. That a long time ago. I mean, so I guess I guess it's gonna depend on the first round pick. That's really what it's gonna come down to, right? Because I mean, yeah, and the first rounder is the Calgary is good. So they're gonna it's gonna be a, a late round pick. So it's a, a late round first, a former second, and a fifth. So in my mind, I think really I think both teams did well in this trade. Like Montreal is doing what Montreal should do because they're garbage is yeah, collecting tank, futures. And Calgary is uh, they're right on the brink. So they're they're ninth overall in the over in the in the total league, uh, but they're first in their division and they're second in their conference. So they're on the weak side of this league in the West, and they're loading up because really the the main competition you got to get through on that side is Colorado. Outside of that, there's not a whole lot of real competition the minnesota wild are pretty good but there's no clear-cut contenders over there other than colorado so i think it makes sense from the flames perspective to load up this year and try and go for it because uh, they may not play colorado until the uh, conference finals and at that point anything can happen then you're in the stanley cup final and anything can happen again so the question i have for you given that the West is as weak as it is. Do you think this makes them serious cup contenders? Calgary scary. I mean, they just yeah. added a Stanley Cup champion, so it, that helps That's in the true. postseason a ton. So their experience is huge. Yeah. So yeah, and he's he's a he's a decent playoff performer too. Like he he wasn't huge in the I'm thinking of the Leaf series against Montreal, but he was he was there. And um, he, like you said, he's got that championship pedigree, and he's he has what Calgary probably needs. He's got the goal scoring touch. They they play a good defensive physical scheme in Calgary. You saw that if you watched the game they played with the Leafs recently. They played a playoff style, and the Leafs could not. Well, of course, it was, they were <laughs> pretending it was the first round. So. <laughs> it was a playoff hey, game. What do you now. Hey, <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. Um, okay, so I'm going to say that this trade was is pretty even. It's going to go uh, along the same lines as the Brooklyn Nets uh, 76ers trade where the Sixers get better now, but the, the Nets are better later. I think it's probably going to be the same type of thing. Uh, to fully makes Calgary better now, but that potential first round pick, if they can, I know it's a later round pick, but maybe they, they pull something out of their ass and get a, a pretty good fucking player out of it. Uh, then potentially. And with Heineman, who's still a young guy too. Um, if he's a second round pick, he's probably half decent uh, or at least he's projected to be half decent uh, from his prospect status. So I think overall it's probably a fairly even trade. Obviously that's why they made the, the trade. Cause nobody's you typically aren't going to make a trade where it's bad for your team. Um, unless you're just a fucking idiot GM and can't figure shit out. Google Peter. Uh, Shirelli. Okay. For, for, for okay. example. Yeah. <laughs> Carry or um, Ryan, Ryan Pace. 
for trading. Yeah, up yeah, fucking right. That one definitely. <laughs> Do I think this makes them serious cup contenders? I'll say it makes them cup contenders. It doesn't make them serious. They are, let's say, top. Would you be surprised if they were in the Stanley Cup? I don't know. I would be because I don't think they can get through Colorado. So, but they could face Colorado in the championship, like in the East Championship. So, um, West. or West, sorry, West, West. Yeah. you should challenge me, motherfuckers. You didn't. Yeah, we'll, right, thanks, we'll be gentle. Appreciate There's already it. been okay. challenges. So I don't see any more is going to happen. I don't like hockey, so that's why I figured it out. Or I can't figure it out. Anyway, so I think that makes them cup contenders, but I still I don't think they're going to get through Colorado. Uh, I think you're going to see Colorado in the finals against. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who else. Probably not the Leafs, but. <laughs> I mean, I hope. I hope. Who, who did everyone pick for? Didn't you pick for the Leafs there, Yosh? Or... I might have actually. Yeah. <laughs> I felt so much shade on it. <laughs> uh, so okay, but so to be fair, the Colorado Avalanche play a very similar style as the Leafs. Offensive. Uh, now, now they're not as cursed as the Leafs. But it's a similar style, and it may like there may be some serious doubt going into a series between the Flames and the Avalanche because the Flames play that physical playoff style under Sutter. They're they're built for the playoffs, it seems. And you never know what might happen there. The 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 Avalanche definitely have skilled them a hundred percent all day long, but that may not be enough to win a playoff series. I mean, I'm going to, I think they have a chance of making the Stanley Cup. Again, like the East is crowded with talent and playoff experience. I would say that they have a chance making it, but who knows about winning it? And it's Canadian team. So I'm definitely going to be happy if they, they get there. Hopefully one of these times when a Canadian team gets there, someone will win it. Even if the Leafs get there, as much shade as I throw on there. And man, I'm feeling generous. The Rams won the Super Bowl, and however many years it's been for you guys, like I never is, thought I would hear Justin speak these this words. Is embarrassing for like you guys gotta get there. <laughs> wow! Any Canadian wow. team, like I just, we're, I just want one. I and we're recording yeah. this, right? <laughs> hey, man, I was also pretty happy when Montreal got there last year, right? So, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So another player from the Habs that's been rumored in trade talks is defenseman Ben Chirac. And the price apparently for this defenseman is a first round pick. And I am extremely glad that although the Leafs were reported to be among the teams interested in this player, it's very much not likely to happen anymore because they made another trade, which we'll get to in just a second. But I do not want Ben Sherratt anywhere near the Maple Leafs. I pulled up a chart from uh, shout out to Jay Fresh Hockey on Twitter, where Ben Sherratt's projected WAR percentage, which is wins above replacement, is zero. That means you could literally go to free agency and sign someone that no team actually wants at all right now, and it would be equal to this player. And apparently, teams are willing to pay a first round pick for him. I'm extremely glad that didn't happen. And it's not going to happen, at least not to the Leafs. Some other team can pay that dumb price. That's fine. 
I'm glad the Leafs didn't. Because the Leafs made a separate trade. They traded Nick Ritchie plus a conditional second round pick, which is either a second rounder in 2025 or a third rounder in 2023. The choice is up to Arizona, whichever they like. For Ryan Dezingle and defenseman Ilya Labushkin. So in this trade, the Leafs get a bottom pair stalwart defensive defenseman and a strong defensive bottom six forward in Dezingle. So many thought that it would cost a second rounder plus Richie alone to get rid of his $2.5 million cap hit for this year and next as a starting point. You got to pay a second plus Richie just to get rid of him for nothing back. And uh, Dubas was able to get basically pay that or maybe less and get two useful players back on expiring. Where do these guys come from? From Arizona. Oh, he said that already. Did he say that? All right. It's not in the fucking thing here. I, I read, I, sometimes I don't listen. I just read. And clearly that was the case this time. I don't write everything that's in my mind. I just speak sometimes. Uh, yes, they're from the Arizona Coyotes. Is who this trade is with, who are also salty garbage, if you didn't know. Oh, we knew. They have a $5,000 stadium coming up. We knew they were garbage. But they have like the entire second round of the next year of traffic garbage basically belongs to Arizona for a while. Yeah. The Leafs got two players back on useful, uh, two useful players on expiring contracts. What do you guys think of this trade? How do you think the Leafs fared here? Uh, picking up these two players, getting rid of Nick Ritchie, which is the main piece here because his cap hit next year for sure was going to be painful at two and a half million. And he's playing in the minors right now. because He's not making the Leafs. That would have hurt a lot. I don't mind it. I mean, it's only going to help. I mean, hopefully they get some over the hump, the second hump, right? Not the first one. No, so. they need to get over the first hump before they got to work on the second hump. Right. <laughs> the first they're, hump. What is, what, they're what is on the like first the hump, 19th there, hump right now. First round of the playoffs, <laughs> bud. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know much about any of these guys, but based on the thought that uh, lots of teams or people thought that it was going to cost the second and Richie, to take on that cap hit. I think that's a good move to get rid of the cap, uh, the cap dollars there. And hopefully these other two uh, guys from the shitty coyotes uh, can at least do something, you know, something in this case, because Richie's not, not playing in the NHL. It's one of those, just like Goran Dragic, it's something for nothing. Right. So that's, that's good. You drop that cap space. If you can get some guys that are at least some role players, for you and so it can fill some spots especially defensively which is what you need in the playoffs then i, I think this uh, is probably going to be good overall and even if it isn't and these two guys don't work out you didn't lose a whole lot right and so i think i think it's exactly what the Leafs need as well like they are a strong offensive team especially in the core four they're gonna they're gonna be able to put up the goals when it counts but where they may be struggling a little bit is defensively and these are two strong defensive additions uh to the bottom of the lineup they're not necessarily big time needle changers like you're not adding a uh chris pronger type player it's not it's a bottom pair defenseman but it's a strong defensive defenseman and a strong defensive forward i mean like that's the huge issue with the leafs is they can't they don't have a lot of defense happening 
and now that'll help him out. I'm really confused about you. You said that Arizona can choose between a third rounder and a second rounder. Why would why would they even choose a third rounder soon? This is the old New England Patriots trick. It's a third rounder right away, or a second rounder three Which years is completely from now. Unknown. Yeah, and I bet you they're going to pick the third rounder. The Patriots used to do this all the time. They would give up a a future or a current second for a future first or some shit like that. Well, typically, I know in the NFL, you can't trade first-round picks too far into the future. I think it's like three years. You, But I don't know yeah. about the the lower rounds. I just know about the first round. So you can't typically change. Yeah. When it's a first round, you can't trade it when it's uh, it's three years. Three years is the max. Or more. So, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, I don't know what the rules are in the NHL. It might be something similar. This is three years in the future. Maybe that's the limit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's why we don't see many 2029 first rounders trade. I I think it's a good trade for them. They get an expiring contractor, a contract, and then they they just eat the salary. Like we've we've seen tons of teams in any league just eat salaries to get more picks. So good 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 yeah, on right. good on Coyotes. And these guys are expiring, so they got something for it, right? They got a they got the yep. rounds that they want. And like you said, maybe someone was going to else jump on that. And they were just like, nope, we're going to grab it first. And we don't care. We, we suck. So we're just going to eat the contract. Which is what they've been doing yeah. all year. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. They, and credit to them. They are doing the absolute right thing as a, uh, as a losing team. You should be taking on shitty contracts and getting futures for doing for that service to build your future. Whether it actually leads to a built future in Arizona or not remains to be seen. Maybe they'll want to stay on the cup in front of 5,000 fans. I doubt it. But <laughs> who knows? And so the only other note on this trade is that even though they got out of the Richie contract, because he had cleared waivers and he was playing in the minors, they weren't actually, his full contract wasn't hitting the cap. So by Completing this trade and adding these two players, they actually add cap uh, 1.75 million, 1.075 million of cap. So they're above the cap now. So it's very likely that uh, Timothy Lilligren will get set down today to make cap space. And whether he stays down until the playoffs or if there's other moves to be made remains to be seen, but that's probably what's going to happen uh, as of now. Wow. Wahoo! And like Forrest Gump would say, that's all I have to say about that. So, why don't we roll into our penalty box? I think uh, Yosh can take us away and let us know what happened in the Clutch Challenge. Yeah, so Friday night, the inaugural Clutch Challenge was played during the Rising Star Games. So that's for the NBA uh, All-Star Weekend. The new challenge has been added to honor the 75th anniversary uh, anniversary team and some of the most legendary shots of all time. So teams were split into pairs and they competed to knock down shots from five iconic locations in the quickest time possible. Q, Scotty Barnes, and Tyrese Maxey. So they get set up to, to for their, their chance at uh, winning this clutch challenge Barnes missed all four 
close range shots that were inspired by Magic's baby hook in the NBA Finals. Barnes put up brick after brick from basically the top of the restricted area. And Maxi didn't fare much better. He missed twice himself from point blank, blank range. Uh, Maxi did, however, hit a corner three. And Barnes did hit a top of the key three pointer. But for Barnes to miss the four close, like literally, like these guys are, you know, six, five plus, like they're tall as fuck. Six, eight. It's, yeah, that's what I mean. Like they just need a little bit of a fucking flick, and this ball should be in the basket, no problem. Couldn't do it. Uh, like I said, Maxi, they switched out. So, so Barnes went to, to the outside to take the longer shots. Maxi came in. He couldn't make, make the fucking little layups. So he missed twice. So they missed six in total uh, shots from close range, which is ridiculous considering that both of these guys are very good players. So afterwards, you know, they obviously did not do well in this uh, clutch challenge. They were not clutch at all. Uh, afterwards, the pair were mic'd up and they were sitting around the bench and they were joking around saying, well, at least we've made some people laugh. And maybe we'll get some followers. So they, they, they might get some Insta followers or some Twitter followers because of their asinine. I mean, you're going to get shooting trolls, if anything. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean, hey, they, that's what they want, right? Let's just give us some more followers. So, any any press is good press, right? That's right. And so Maxi also said while they were macked up, he's like, we're going to be on Shaq and a Fool this week. We're going to be the MVP. And so Shaq and a Fool is much like, come on, man. It's much like you got mossed. It's much like points and penalties, penalty box. <laughs> so I can't guarantee that that those boys are going to be in uh, Shaq's Shaq and a Fool MVPs. But what we can guarantee is that Scotty Barnes and Tyrese Maxey are firmly planted in this week's points and penalties, penalty box for not making shots. Come on, man. You got to make some shots. Yeah, this is pretty brutal. Clutch shots in a clutch yeah. challenge, and they were anything but clutch. <laughs> and the thing is, is, Scotty has had some clutch shots here and there. In, well, both these right? players are good uh, players. The regular least. season, and then he kept going to it, and he, like you said, you know, kept throwing up brick after brick. Yeah, he looked like me shooting out there, <laughs> and I'm not very. I like good. how he hits the three pointer, but he can't hit right in front of the net. Yeah. All right, guys, that's pretty much going to do it for all the uh, the big content this week. We do have our scores to go over. Had a handful of challenges. Petey, why don't you tell us all about them? Yeah, so like you said, there's uh, there's three challenges this week. Uh, starting off with the doping timing for the Russian figure skater. I want to point off you, Josh, mm. on that. Then we had Mickelson being for the Saudi tour, which Kev stated that he was mm. against. So, Josh. Check a point yeah. of him on that. And then I had the wrong fourth and one play where Donaldson was watching offside. Fake news. Not Donaldson, sorry, Donald. <laughs> yeah. And watching the fake news. Uh, so Jesse took a point off me on that one. And of course, Jesse got a point for calling the Rams shitty Super Bowl win. Shitty I should Rams. get one for having the, the pick of the MVP. Just saying. I mean, I'm willing to give it to you. Like you're way down there, but <laughs> <laughs> a pity. You're giving him a pity I mean, point. <laughs> I mean, if we're doing that, we should all get a point for having to deal with Jesse having a fucking Super Bowl win for the next year. I'll give you one of those too. It just means I'm gonna be insufferable. <laughs> I mean, you haven't really had to deal with shit. Like Kevin and I were here during the Super Bowl. You were in Newfoundland. 
There's a reason I dodged yeah. that party. So that is it for our scores today. So that brings our season totals. Uh, Peter stays at plus two. Cab drops to minus six on a familiar trajectory. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Uh, Jesse jumps up to plus five. Damn it. Damn it. Familiar projection. <laughs> and Josh stays constant at minus two. So it's all shaken up just like last year. Hopefully we can uh, turn the tide here a little bit and take some points off. Only when golf season comes. <laughs> Maybe. Whatever happens, we're not betting 10 points on a fucking ring golf tournament. <laughs> or watch it does. I'll win that one. But that's it for the scores. So why don't we get into how our drinks were? Why don't we, Pete? Why don't you start up? No problem. So my, what did I have? I had a squeeze box New England IPA from Kitty Vitty Brewing in St. John's, Newfoundland. And uh, they're going down real smooth. They don't have a very hoppy taste, I find. Yeah, they went down quite nice. I would uh, definitely consider this again. Damn fine beer. Why don't we jump to uh, Super Bowl douche? I mean, uh, Jesse, uh, how was your drink? My Jatsu was very good. Bellwoods Brewery wasn't really that potent. Uh, It was a pale ale. It was good stuff. Great for this episode to be that Super Bowl douche. I'll wear that with pride because today won. Yeah, just yeah. to let you know, Peter, too. You just wait till the Leafs win a family cup, buddy. You just wait. The Rams have, in the last 22 years, the Rams have been in four Super Bowls. Where are the Leafs? Exiting in the first Not round. Even where the first where round are the Leafs? <laughs> even Chicago's made the Super Bowl in that time. Yeah. A couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Even Atlanta Falcons. Even that. Rams have been in four Super Bowls. Since 99. Right. They won 99 and then this year. And then they lost. Yeah. 2001 and the 2018 season. Right. Hmm. Wish they'd lose more. <laughs> yeah, we do. I'll, we I'll always wish that. that. I'll go with the 500 record. <laughs> In 22 years that they they've won it all, I'll, I'll definitely take that. There was a lot of shit yeah, between yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the Super Bowl loss and the and another Super Bowl loss, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I I endured and they figured their shit out. But Kev, how was your most potent uh, stout? Did you finish it, or are no. we carrying on? No, for I finished hours? it. I did this quick because it was all right. Like, so uh, the next penalty box, because he didn't finish it, he's just lying to us. <laughs> <laughs> My Nickel Brook uh, Brewing Kentucky Bastard at the eleven point nine percent Imperial Stout. Jank it real quick. I'm pretty fucking tuned. It was. It was. You know. I don't know how I'd never do it again. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Shout but, out. But there you Nickel go. Brook. Yeah. That's probably my last potent beer. How big episode. is that bottle, Kev? It's not 76 yeah. milliliters. Yeah. It's like that much. <laughs> ask me. 500. 500. Oh, that's it? It looks bigger than that. Yeah. Like, fuck, it's not it much like bigger a than small. a tall boy. Yeah. That's fuck all. Yeah. But it's potent. So I'll finish this off there. You know, we should be tossing this on to you. So what the fuck? So, 
So my two 473s at half your alcohol content. Basically, basically yeah, yeah. You guys are pretty much at the same drunk level. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I was hung over. have the same internet connection, this, too. Yeah, you do. Fucking garbage. Ooh. Pay your bills, boys. My bad. I am in rural Newfoundland. We pay the bills. This is the best we can. Get the antenna up there, like Jesse yeah. said. <laughs> Get some satellite. Carry on. How was yours there? You All are? right. For me, I had a beer that is for geniuses. And that's me. It's a Rush Canadian Golden Ale from Henderson Brewing Company with a uh, little collaboration there with the band Rush, which, of course, we all know is Canadian. 5.5%. I had the bitch beer today. But it was tasty. I enjoyed it. I only had one, so I had to go with a backup beer, which Jess was actually one of your backup beers from, uh, oh, the, not the last time, but the time before you were at my place. Uh, you mean not the best time when I was last there? No, I didn't say anything there, about best. There, there was a huge Super Bowl win? Uh, there was a fucking game. I don't know if it was a good one or anything. I mean, like it was one of the most watched uh, games ever in Super Bowl history. Huh. The halftime, right. the halftime, halftime show, show was bomb, boys. <laughs> the halftime show is fucking bomb. Yeah, that was that was definitely the best one. I saw a meme that was like it said, you know, people over 40 or something like that, or over 45 are like, what the fuck? This is a garbage halftime show. And then people under 20 are like, what the fuck? This is a garbage halftime show. The rest of us. <laughs> Everybody's just dancing because it was, I fucking loved it, man. I, I, the only thing that pissed me off was I couldn't get my fucking stereo to work. So I couldn't crank it up a little bit more. Put it up to the appropriate volume. The appropriate volume. Exactly. But anyway, getting back to my beer, bitch beer, tasty as fuck. Enjoyed it. Had a backup beer uh, because I only had this one. And uh, like I said, it was good. Good. Probably not quite as drunk as Kev, although I was drinking last night too. Drank a few bottles of wine. And uh, had a nice little late Valentine's dinner. It's phenomenal. Golf Steakhouse, shout out. Fucking great meal. Anyway, guys, I think that's going to do it. We've been going on for a while. We're rambling on about the Olympics, rambling on about the shitty Rams. You know, the Super Bowl winning Rams. <laughs> All right. So for everyone here at Points Panelists, we'd like to thank you. Please subscribe on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. If it's YouTube, it's right here. Please get Rams suck. Make <laughs> sure you give us a like. Make sure you give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. And until next week, stay, stay out, out of the, the penalty, penalty box. box.